Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Uh, today, our guest is Nitsan Mosri. Thanks for being on the show, Nitsan. Hey, thanks, Whitney. How are you? Pleasure to be here. Yeah, great. Uh, he's He's been involved in real estate for over 20 years, uh, currently owns multiple properties nationally and worldwide. He owns Keen Realty Solutions. He's owner and CEO of Keen Management Solutions. His background ranges from managing commercial assets, uh, recognizing emerging markets, property management, syndication, mentoring, um, and, and many other aspects of real estate. And I'm uh, just grateful to have you on the show. And uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Nitsan, hearing him speak in Boston at the Ultimate Partnering just a few weeks back. And that was a pleasure. And, and again, I'm grateful to have you on the show. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your your background, how you got into real estate and uh, specifically the syndication business? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, um, you know, my father was always um, always in real estate and um, he, uh, he always taught us that uh, you know, the richest people in the world, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you have, but it doesn't matter how big of a piece of land, but as long as you own a piece of land free and clear, no one could ever take that away from you. And you can do multiple things with it. You can build on it. You can lease it out. You can rent it out. You can sell it. You can borrow against it. So it, you know, um, that all came, um, you know, with time and, and, and through my father and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I myself went out and did, uh, a lot of different things uh, in different industries and whatnot, but real estate was always in the in the background. You know, I always knew that um, I had a knack for it for some reason. Uh, I can spot a good piece of land uh, and uh, pretty much give you its highest and best use. Um, I left New York in 1997, which is where I'm originally from, and I went traveling. I went to Israel, hung out there for about a year, and then continued traveling the world uh, for about five, six years. And uh, Came a real hippie, and then I met my wife while traveling, and uh, we ended up back in Israel, and opened up a raw vegan restaurant. And then, you know, um, the market crashed, and I decided that with my wife, we decided to come back to the states, and that uh, we live in Florida now, and uh, we got back into the real estate business. I started uh, fixing and flipping homes um, here in my backyard, and realized that uh, that was a finite amount of homes and a finite time, so I had to look for other aspects of the real estate industry. And um, I found multifamily. And, uh, you know, I, I've always been, I never understood how people can, you know, walking in Manhattan, how people can go and buy these huge buildings, you know, these, these enormous hundreds of millions of dollars and whatnot. And then I, I, I met someone, uh, one of my mentors, and he taught us how to uh, syndicate, how to raise money using other people, right? How to buy assets using other people's money where they have a limited say in what goes on, not no say, but just a limited say on what goes on. And where, you know, we, the partners, we go out and we find the deals and we bring them together and we run the asset. And uh, so for the last 10 years, I've been doing multifamily and uh, we branched out and brought, you know, and went out into different uh, asset uh, categories as well. We own a hotel and a marina and so forth. So it's, uh, it's been a real exciting uh, journey and, uh, you know, I can't wait for the future. So you were in the restaurant business, market crash. You came back to the States. You decided to get back into real estate. 
you wanted to build on the larger building. So you started doing some research, found a mentor, somebody to help you learn that business. Um, I guess what gave you the confidence to be able to start, you know, a syndication business as opposed to, you know, you all always hear people say, well, wait a minute, you know, you got to start with the single family home and buy this one and grow and then do a duplex and then a four, you know, so what gave you the confidence to really jump in and start syndicating? Uh, it was a couple of things. One, I had, um, I, I came across uh, my partner who we're still partners today. It's a, it's a decade long uh, investment that we've made in each other. So I, I have a great partner uh, who really complements uh, my uh, skill set, uh, plus also the mentoring and coaching. And, you know, basically the, the, the big, uh, uh, the umbrella heading would be education, right? Getting educated and having someone there to help you uh, navigate, you know, the muddy waters of, of uh, commercial real estate syndication, right? So, uh, you know, uh, my mentor, David Lindahl, right? Um, he was great, got to know him personally, uh, have a great coach. Uh, we still talk to our coach, even though, you know, we're, we're doing deals constantly. We just closed on a 44-unit project in uh, Athens, Georgia, and uh, we got another 92 units under contract in uh, uh, east eastern suburbs of Atlanta. So, you know, even though we st- we're, we're doing fantastic and, and thank God for that, we still have our coaches, we still have our mentors, we, we always network and we grow our business. So the education aspect was, was really crucial and critical for our success. Nice. So you mentioned that uh, you also did hotels and uh, marina. That's, that's interesting. I haven't heard anyone, anyone say, uh, especially a marina, before. Tell us a little bit about, you know, why hotels, you know, or why, why something other than multifamily and, uh, you know, how did that come about? Well, the hotel, well, the, the marina came about, I was, um, we were doing a, a type of shark tank at uh, one of the uh, ultimate partnering events. And I was uh, one of the sharks and somebody came up with this opportunity where we could buy 14 acres of land on Lake Wiley with a quarter of a mile of a beach, a swimming pool. Um, we could, uh, take out the RV parks and put them and put in uh, tiny vacation park model homes and so forth and 14 acres of land, one of the most uh, richest zip codes in, uh, in Charlotte. Uh, so we said, you know, it was a good opportunity. It was very cheap. It was for two and a half million dollars. So it was very, very cheap. Uh, right now we're finishing uh, installing the last cabins and uh, we're renting them out at about 150, 180 bucks a night. Uh, it's a great location. It's a beautiful opportunity. Uh, so, you know, we, we jumped on that. And the hotel came to us when uh, we met someone who was teaching people how to buy hotels because it's a completely different business than multifamily or offices or self-storage or warehousing. It's just it's just a, its own separate animal and beast. Uh, so you really have to know what you're doing in that one. And uh, we found uh, an asset that uh, the price was just unbelievable. 240 keys. Uh, with the largest swimming pool in Memphis, a mile away from the airport, a mile and a half from Graceland. Elvis used to hang out at the bar with his manager, and we bought it for uh, $1.9 million. That's less than $8,000 a key. So, uh, you know, having, again, the education to know how to run a hotel, uh, having a mentor uh, that knows how to do that as well, uh, plus my, our mentor, you know, Dave Lindahl. So we had a lot of people behind us and working with us, and we had experience uh, with multifamily on due diligence and how we need to look at things. So that kind of aspect was the same, right? Just the little minor details were different. Um, 
And then we started uh, running the hotel, bringing a property manager, understanding the different aspects of it. So it's, it's been an incredible ride. <laughs> so it sounds like even though, you know, it wasn't a multifamily property that, that you're, you're very familiar with, you just surrounded yourself with experts so, so you could make sure you're doing the property diligence. Correct. Yep. It's all about who you surround yourself with. So then what about the marina? Uh, the marina, you know, like I said, that was a uh, part of the shark tank. Oh, that one. Yes. Yeah. So that was a shark tank. Uh, we, we put in 37 vacation, you know, the little park model homes. We renovated the place. We did the pool. You know, we did the offices. Uh, we had websites. We had landing pages. We were on Airbnb. Um, that, you know, so that is also part hospitality and whatnot. But what we liked about the marina is that there were multiple streams of income because now we can do events, we can do weddings, we can do uh, a corporate getaways, right? Things of that nature. Uh, we do uh, yoga on the water, you know, paddleboard yoga and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, uh, birthdays. But also when we sell it, we have a couple of different strategies to sell. We can sell it to another buyer who wants a marina and so forth. Or we can sell it to a developer who wants to develop 14 acres of land in, the, in one of the richest zip codes in Charlotte. So that's what I like to look at is, is different exit strategies, different streams of income. This is something that we always look for in our properties as well. That's awesome that, that I mean, you've had this experience in numerous different niches now. Um, but tell us, you know, from your experience over, over many years now uh, and many properties, what's been the hardest part of the syndication process? You know, is it finding deals? Is it raising capital? Or is it something else completely different? Um, yeah, you know, it, 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 it all depends on who you are and what you come to the table with, right? Um, there are people that, you know, I met a guy, his, he, he, was a, he is a doctor and his father is the head of the surgical unit in the hospital and his father runs the hospital and so forth. And they've been there for 10, 15, 20 years. So they know all the doctors. They know all the surgeons. They have the respect and the, and the, and the you know, the, the trust. So when they started looking at multifamily, it was very easy for them to raise capital. All they did was go to their doctor network and say, hey, you got $100,000? Yeah, sure, here's $100,000, right? These doctors are making, making that in, in, in a month, some of them, you know, uh, with, with what they're doing. Uh, so for them, uh, it, it was very easy to raise capital, and then they would raise capital, and they would find someone who had a deal, and they would partner up together, and they would work, and they would go, and then they moved forward very quickly. For us, um, we have a lot of deal flow. We have a lot of fantastic deal flow. Um, so for us... Um, you know, especially me, I was out of the country for about 15 years. And when I came back, I had to rebuild my network. Uh, so that's taken a lot of time right? because people, people, you know, think about it. You come to me and you say, listen, I've got a great opportunity. Great. But if I don't know you and I don't trust you, I have no idea if I like you. I don't know your track record. I'm not going to invest with you. So building a relationship with people takes a long time, especially when it's a sincere relationship. Um, but once, they, once we build that relationship, then we can foster it and, and grow it and, and move into that person's network as well uh, and help them achieve success. Uh, but for us, it's been, um, it's been, you know, finding enough capital to fund the projects that we have uh, on the table. So that's, that's been, you know, one of the, you know, I wouldn't say it's impossible. We just closed three deals this past year. Uh, we're, we're getting ready to, you know, put in our fourth one. So, you know, we are finding the money. It's coming. It's just, I would like to have more of it. So can you give us some ways that you all are overcoming that, you know, finding the capital? 
um, some ways you're you're working those problems out? Sure. You know, um, going to different networking events, um, but specific networking events where there are high net worth individuals. Um, so, for example, like fundraisers, right? Uh, get involved with your chamber of commerce, with your local chamber of commerce, and find out what the gala events are, right? These big fundraisers. Uh, cystic fibrosis events, Alzheimer's events, all these fundraisers, people go there, they're philanthropists. They've, they've made money, they're making money, they know people, and that's a great place to start networking and building relationships. I wouldn't necessarily, if it's your first time there, I wouldn't necessarily go and, and hit people up for money. They're just going to laugh you out of the room. Uh, I do suggest going and, and building relationships, joining your Rotary Club, your local Rotary Club. Um, because people want to see you giving back to the community as well and being part of the community so that they can trust you. You become a, a, a name where people see that you're going out there and doing good. And then you start building these relationships with people and they come back to you. And now you can say, hey, you know what? We're working on something. I think this might be interesting for you. Why don't you take a look? And now you have a relationship with these people and you can do that. For example, I, go to a, I work out of my CrossFit gym. And as a guy is uh, my age, he's about six months older than me. And he owns his own uh, landscaping company. And we've been talking back and forth and we work out together. We do the classes together. And uh, we, we, you know, we, we hit it off and we became friends. And, uh, you know, he's like, so what do you do? I said, oh, you know, I, I invest in commercial real estate. I, grab, I gather people around and it's fantastic, blah, blah, blah. And that was it. And he started talking about his dad and how his dad had a couple of houses. And, you know, he liked to get into real estate and so forth and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, let me know next time you're working on something, you know, send it to me. I'll take a look at it. Okay, well... We were working on something, right? But I didn't tell them. You know, I didn't want to push. I didn't want to, I, I let them come to me. So then I sent him our first project. He liked it. He invested $50,000 because he wanted to test the waters. And then he came in with another $100,000 on our next deal and with another $50,000 on the next deal. And, you know, now he and I have a trust and, and a bond. Now I can go to him and I can say, hey, dude, who do you know from your network? How many other guys do you know that are like you that would like to get involved in something like and then it just grows and grows and grows. Nice, nice. So it takes time, right? It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. You know, listen, if, if, again, if you're the guy that has, or the woman, if you're the one that has the, the network, the market, the people behind you that you, that, you're, that you have, then, you know, it shouldn't be that difficult, right? It usually takes a long time to find the money because, you know, if you can go to a, um, a broker and you can tell, listen, I've got a million dollars worth of investors in my back pocket right now and we're looking for a deal, they're going to give you a, a good deal. But if you're somebody that's starting out and you go, well, you know, I don't know what I'm doing yet. You know, I'm just starting out. Uh, you know, I've got to raise the capital. Then they're just going to start, you know, sending you their, you know, their not so good deals. Could you give us a, a breakdown of maybe the 44 uh, unit deal that you all just closed on and uh, kind of what, how you found it and what's happening? Sure. So uh, one of our partners has a great uh, broker relations um, in Florida and North Carolina and Georgia. He's been working with them for the last 10 years. Uh, so uh, we started buying smaller units um, in, in secondary and tertiary markets because there's not a lot of competition uh, for the smaller units, you know, anywhere from like 40s to, to 95 in that bracket. Everybody's going for the 100, the 200, right? We all think... Um, Oh, you know, go, go big, go big, which is great. But when you're in a market like today where you've got all these funds and whatnot coming in, it's, it's, it's very competitive. So we decided to go for the low-hanging fruit. Um, so because we've been able to close on 
two or three deals already in that market, these brokers now send us the deal and say, these guys can close. We know that they can close. They have the capability, they have the sponsorship, they have the team, they can raise the capital, boom. So uh, the broker that uh, we were working with on a different asset, he sent us this property. It's 44 units. It's got a master lease on it, meaning that there's one tenant in there that's uh, half privately funded and half government funded. Uh, it's uh, a behavioral health group that helps with battered women and families and stuff like that. They house them and so forth. Uh, so we went in. Uh, there's a, a lot of upside in the rents since rents haven't been really raised. So now uh, we, we closed on it. Uh, we got a great, a great price per door, a great cap rate. Uh, right now we're in negotiations with this group to, um, for them to sign another year. But when they sign another year, their rent is going to go up $100 uh, for the year. So in one swoop, we're going to be able to increase all the rents by $100, which will bring it then to market rent. Um, once we're done that, once we, we've done that, in about six to nine months from now, we're going to go in and we're going to start renovating the units. We're, gonna, we're going to um, get ready for them to start moving out. And when we start moving them out, we're going to phase them out building by building so that it's not a mass exodus and that we don't have a, a vacant property, but we're going to slowly phase them out, bring in new tenants, right? Raise the rents even a little bit more, push the rents higher, get new tenants, fill that property up with uh, independent leases, run it for another year or so, give our investors a good cash flow distribution, and then uh, probably sell it and move on. Could you explain the the master lease again, just kind of what that is for somebody that hasn't heard that term before? How does that apply to a 44-unit property? Sure. So a master lease, so uh, some, you know, this this uh, organization came to us and they said, listen, we need, or to the previous seller, and they said, listen, we need 44 units. You've got 44 units. We will take over everything. We will do everything. We will pay the mortgage. We will pay the taxes. We will pay the insurance. We will take care of the maintenance. We will do everything and we will give you one check at the beginning of every month for the rent for all of the units. So instead of signing 44 individual uh, leases with 44 people, we sign one lease with one company and now they are in control of the entire property. So it's up to them to maintain the unit if there's a leak, if there's a, you know, mold, if there's, you know, there's one unit that had a fire in it, so they have to go now and they have to renovate and they have to take care of it. They have to make sure that the, the, uh, the, the property is kept clean, maintained, and so forth. So they have a lease on the entire property, like an umbrella lease, where they control everything, they take care of everything, and they just give us the rent. And it's, uh, it's very, very easy. That's, kind of, that's a master lease. So a master lease is something you normally hear of, like a, a, a retail property or a, a pharmacy building or something like that that's really common, right? Uh, is it? Do you find that it's very common to see a master lease on a larger multifamily like this? Larger multifamilies, you're not going to see a master lease because it's, you know, you've got 100, 200 units that you're asking, you know, one organization is going to fill uh, on the smaller properties, you may, right, with these governmental organizations that need, you know, they need housing, they need certain things. Um, and, and this group understands that if, if they, once they leave, they're going to have a hard time finding 
another property with 44 units. That's why they're that's why they're okay with us, you know, bumping them up to market rents, you know, that hundred dollars because they know it's gonna take them six to nine months to leave anyway if they decide to leave and then to find another property. So it's 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 tough. You don't usually see it. And yes, you see it more on um you know, uh, commercial spaces, office spaces, you know, a bank will come in, let's say, and they'll lease the whole building from you, right? And they'll put all their offices in and it'll just be for them. Um, but not for multifamily, not really. So what are some pros and cons to having a master lease on a on a residential building like this? Because, uh, I mean, I, it seems like like maintenance and things like that, obviously you're you're depending on them to get those things done. And I just wonder how some of that works. Right. Well, you know, just like anything else, you have everything in the lease. And if they don't maintain the property, if they don't do this, if they don't do that, um, or, you know, or, you know, then, then we can put a, a claim on the security deposit or they're, if they're in default, right, which this happens, then um, and it's a breach of lease and then we can evict them, right? They don't want to get evicted because an eviction will happen in 30 days and they'll have to be out in 30 days. Uh, so it's good for them to uh, maintain uh, a, a good rapport and to be in good standing with us, the, the landlord. Uh, a pro, you know, you don't have to worry about 44 leases, right? Boom. Every month. There you go. Here you go. Rent for 44. No one's late. No one's this, right? Um, the pros, they take care of everything, right? They make sure the mortgage, you know, they'll, they'll give us, they'll make sure the, the maintenance is taken care of and the, the insurance is paid, all that stuff. So they take care of everything. Maintenance, so we really don't have to worry about anything. Every once in a while, we'll fly out to the property and we'll surprise them and we'll walk around. My partner is there now walking and he was uh, video recording and, and showing me live uh, what, what the grounds look like. And we're like, okay, well, this needs to be done. This needs to be done. You know, checklist and make sure that they do it. Um, you know, the, the, the cons, um, it, depending on the type of group that's in there, that who has the master lease, you know, they could get up in one day and leave, and then you've got a vacant property, right? Um, so you got to be careful with who the master lease is, right? If it's just another investor that's with one person or or a group of investors, and they want to lease the whole property and say, okay, well, you know what? They could walk away with all the money the next day, but now we have a government that's behind them and that's attached to them, so they can't really do anything because they need that government money. They also need that private money, but they have to follow the letter of the law if they want to maintain getting that income um, and having that increase every year. So you got to, you got to outweigh it. Right. Right. Well, what would, what would you say is the top reason uh, syndicators fail in this business? Uh, they don't know how to raise money. Don't know how to raise money. Awesome. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like that in any business, right? If you don't know how to raise money for your business, you're going to go out of business. Um, you need to know how to raise capital. You need to be out there networking. You need to be out there constantly uh, networking with people and building relationships with people and positioning positioning yourself as the expert so that when you have a project, when you have something, you can show them and they already know that you're the expert. You're the person, you're the go-to person for something like this. Um, and you've built that relationship with them where you can say, hey, look, this is what we're doing. Why don't you come on board and play with us a little bit? Nice. Well, what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Um, having a great team. Having a great team, uh, building rapport with people, um, coaching, mentoring, all that stuff. But my uh, my business partners are awesome. 
Um, you know, I, I couldn't have done it without them. Uh, you know, it's it, it's a team effort. It really is team effort. Nice. Hey, Son, you've been, a, you've been a great guest. I really appreciate you being on the show. Would you tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and your business? Sure. Um, you can uh, check me out. I've got a Facebook page called The Traveling Investor. I have a radio show that's called The Traveling Investor Radio Show, and we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness through commercial real estate investing. Uh, I have guests on the show every week. It happens every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern on W4, the number four, cy.com that's w4cy.com and you can also go on iheart radio iheart.com and go to the podcast section and my my radio show is uploaded every week after the show is uh, aired uh, gets uploaded as a podcast so you can check out my previous shows as well uh instagram traveling investor as well uh and um, my website is www.investwith cip.com that's charlie indigo papa and it stands for cornerstone investment partners the name of my acquisitions company uh, my email is nitsan n-i-z-a-n at invest with cip.com so yeah feel free hit me up awesome well i hope the listeners will reach out to you we'll definitely have your information in the show notes and so they can find it easily uh, i encourage encourage listeners to go to the Facebook page and and where they can uh, interact uh, with all the guests and we can all learn this business together and improve. And and uh, thanks again, Nitsan, for being on the show. You've been a great guest. Thank you, Whitney. I appreciate it. It was awesome. Yeah. And we will talk to all the listeners tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.